Hello, Donut Crew, and welcome. This is TV Donut, the show where we pick a TV series at random. We watch the pilot, we watch the finale, then one of us quizzes the other on what happened in the middle. I'm Piers Ray. Joining me, as always, is Saskia Werner. Hello, everyone. And Hannah Davies. Hi. And uh, this week, you're in for, I don't know, I thought it was a treat. We watched Mork and Mindy. Yes. Hello. First responses. Uh, yeah, well, let's, I've never seen any of it before. Had you, too? None of it. No. I had seen, like, some episodes, you know, on, like, like Nick at Night or just, just in, in uh, syndication. Yeah. I had never, like, I knew, obviously, the basic concept. I knew it was a spinoff of Happy Days, but I had never, ever seen any of it, I don't think. So this is my first exposure. Um, I think I liked it. Yeah. I liked it. I thought it had a lot of heart. Yeah. I also liked it. I it's, liked it. It's a very old, it feels dated. Obviously. I uh, watched it directly coming off the Women's March, and I was soaking wet, so there were some things that annoyed me. Oh, oh for sure. For sure. I'll, I'll bust out some lines about, you know. There's Well, there's definitely characters on there who uh, have not... I don't know. Would that have been... Like, like, who are you thinking of specifically? Uh, Mindy is a loose woman, and I don't know how to tighten her. Oh, her dad. Yes. And the father was a problem. Overall, and then, but he's only in the pilot. I mean, he's got to be in the rest of the series. But we can discuss whether he needed to be there or not. But Fonzie in general is an issue. Like I love Happy Days. I grew up watching it. Love Fonzie, and the reason is because Henry Winkler is such a charming man and such a good actor. Yes. You guys yes. obviously know him from Arrested, but I've known him since I was little as the Fonz. But, like, his whole deal is is bad. Right. Like, he's kissing Laverne to get her to kiss Mork. Yes. Yeah. That's that's not good. It's, it's They have a very strange relationship. Anywho. Uh, I still liked it, though. That's a thing, right? Like, I can't say it was bad because I enjoyed it. Every season we seem to, like, emerge with a theme. And somehow this year, this season has gone very 70s. Yes. It has. It's very interesting. <sighs> kind of nice to see how far we've come in some ways, and yeah. in others how they're still very similar, mm-hmm. still much the same. Um, we should mention that this is creators, Joe Glauberg, Dale McRaven, and Gary Marshall. Yes. And Hollywood what, legend Gary Marshall. Yeah, who we love. What I thought was also interesting is we watched Third Rock from the Sun not long ago, and there were striking similarities between the two shows, I found. Oh, definitely. Like... Yes. Definitely. You mean like, okay, uh, because every episode ends with Mork reporting back to Orson. And he's been sent to Earth to learn about the species. Just like But also Third just Rock. to get rid of him. Yes. Which I don't think is the case in Third Rock. No. No. They, they are. They don't like his mission. jokes. Let's uh, read the synopsis of the pilot and get into it because it was a long one. Yes. <laughs> An hour long pilot. minutes. The synopsis is a long one too. Okay, so it was called Pilot, unfortunately. It aired in September of 1978. Mork's boss, Orson, assigns Mork to study the planet Earth, and shortly after landing in the woods near Boulder, Colorado, he meets Mindy McConnell. Back at Mindy's apartment, she discovers that Mork is an alien and offers to help him study Earth. In a flashback sequence, Mork tells Mindy about a previous visit to Earth when Fonzie arranged a date with him with Laverne. This was so bizarre. Yes, it was. We'll I'm sorry, we'll get that. into it. We'll was, get into yeah. it. Uh, Mork continues his story about his date with Laverne. When Mindy's father, Fred, discovers that Mork had moved in with Mindy, Deputy Tilwick offers to scare Mork off. Tilwick believes Mork is insane and tries to have him committed. Yes. Not an unreasonable thing to believe. No. Well, unfortunately for Mork, again, this is skipping way ahead to the end, when Tilwick shows up, he thinks he's been sent by Orson to help him on his mission. So he goes back into his weird voice and treats him like it's like he can say whatever, right? Yeah. Yes. And that goes very badly for him, obviously. But let's start off at the beginning. <sighs> so, um, spin-off of Happy Days. What happened <sighs> is, in the Happy Days episode, which I have no memory of, uh, he comes... He tries to take Richie. He's that's the sample that he was talking about. Right. Um, the Fonz is not having that. He stops it, and at the end, Richie wakes up, and it was all a dream. But apparently, the character of Mork was so popular, they went back and re-edited the episode to have Mork come back yeah. and like mind mind erase them. That's kind of so crazy. that it did actually happen in the canon. Uh, uh, <laughs> crazy, right? That is super bizarre. Yeah, I'm not sure if it was like. Like, after it aired? Or it's like, 
or it's like producers and like the network liked the character. And That's then they, really crazy. I'm not sure. That says but it a lot. sounded like they aired it, and people were like, "Oh, this Mort guy." So then they went and changed it for like re-airings or whatever. Wow, yeah. this says a lot about how big UFOs were in the seventies. Really crazy. And I also just want to say, Dale McRaven or McRaven, who wrote the pilot episode, created Perfect Strangers, which is one of my favorite shows. <sighs> Heavy hitters, one and all. Yeah. Um, so okay. yeah, Mork we start out in space. Yes, I did not actually know this was a spinoff until you said it just now. Yeah, well, you, I was it's like, a why one, is Ponzi here? Well, yeah. I actually did. It, I was going to say, and Laverne, sense, which is Laverne and Shirley, because their characters from a TV show that he said he watched. Right. Right. No, he did didn't he not say, say that? that. No. Did I make that up? Yes. Did he only say that he visited him? He he he. he yeah, I mean, him. he did say they get TV in space, so that's why he's doing impressions of famous people at that time, none of which I got, but I no. could tell he was obviously doing certain TV characters, right? Yes. But, uh, no, he didn't say that he watched Happy Days. But the weird thing about Happy Days is that it takes place in the 50s, and this takes place in the 70s. All the so characters, All the characters he did impressions of were from the 50s. Like, Lucy right. and Ricky yeah. and um, but that, the all that stuff was Cromden. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but that just raises more questions. Yeah. Right? Well, I didn't understand when he said to her, and again, we're getting way ahead of ourselves, about um, that he was going to do a time warp sequence. Because he didn't go back to the, his first visit. So now he's saying he's been here twice. Because yes. when he came back first time, he saw Richie and tried to kidnap him and stuff, right? I thought that he was going there now. Yeah. Anyway, I didn't Wait a understand minute. that. So, uh, okay. <laughs> Okay. Um, all right. So the whole sequence with the Fonz happened in the 50s. Yes. That was a memory. It was a flashback. It was a flashback. Right. Of course. Right. Okay. But for more time and space, I guess, is no problem. Apparently, he can go wherever he wants in time on Earth. All right. Right? Because he's already been to Earth once before. Yes. And that was in the 50s when he hung out with Richie and the Fonz and Potsy and all those guys. I, I assumed that he had just come back 20 years later. Right, but, well, I guess, but then how does he go back in this episode? Oh, that was just a flashback. Right, he's just remembering, he's just yes. remembering another time he his, was there. With okay. his weird date with Laverne That's and the fonts. We can have it that way. I don't really care. What yeah, I think it, it was a memory. Gotcha. Well, then why? They did okay. some, whatever. <laughs> yeah, weird, it was, no. I'm was, she was like, up a weird, no. Putting him, putting her in the memory, maybe. Yes. Okay, whatever. I don't know. So they're in space, know. and he doesn't know why he's been called into the office, and he's just doing a monologue, basically, of hilariousness. Yes. Boy, am I in for it now. Sent before the white desk again. What did I do? The solar lander, you fool. You painted a mustache on it. But Austin doesn't know I did it. Then why am I here? If I knew that, I wouldn't be talking to myself. Bork? Good morning, Orson. Orson. You call me Orson to my face, but behind my back you call me Fatso, Rocket Ship Thighs, and Startush. You forgot laser breath. Uh -huh. Sorry, Your Immenseness. See what I mean? These constant displays of humor are not acceptable behavior here on Ork. You're right. We are rather a dull lot, the white bread of the universe. Emotions have been weeded out of us for the good of the race, and you constantly make jokes. I'm afraid that won't do. There's an insignificant planet on the far side of the galaxy. From the fragmented reports we have on it, the people are, well, uh... Real Nimnos? Exactly. That's why I think you'll fit in there, Mork. You're too kind, sir. What is the name of this hellhole you're sending me to? Earth. Which turns out to be the problem. He's too weird, he's too funny, he's yeah. not respectful. Yeah. Emotions have been bred out of their for the good of their race, and he doesn't fit the mold. And so. He says, we are a rather dull lot, the white men of the universe. White bread of the universe. The white bread. The white bread of the universe. And he said men. <laughs> See, I, it, were, it basically means the same thing. White bread. Uh, yeah. Yes. So. so he decides to send him to an, an insignificant planet full of Dumb people, basically. Fair. They don't say the word dumb. They use one of their words. Right. Nimnos? Nimons? Nimnods? Nimnods. Whatever. One of the alien terms. Yes. Uh, you'll fit right in there. So, great. 
And then he's like, oh, I've been there before. Cool. I liked it there. I'll go there. Cool. He's totally fine about it. But his job is to learn about the primitive societies and report back mentally. It's a serious mission. Very serious. It sounds serious. Super serious. So he gets into his egg, which is one of my favorite things. Excellent egg. His reports at the end of every episode are kind of like Serena's lessons. Yeah. In Sailor Moon. It was like the same thing. Yes. Here's what I learned today. Yeah. It's pretty That's funny. very interesting. Perhaps these humans are not so stupid. Yeah. Perhaps not. Maybe. Credits roll. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, the egg gag about the luggage was actually the funniest part, I thought. Yes. I, lo- I loved those eggs. Yeah. So much fun. That was a great idea. So his only one of his suitcases makes it, and one of them is missing. Let's, can we, we gotta mention, he punches his way out of an egg. Yeah, that's true. That he was does great. do that. That seems very inefficient. And he has like a great, a silver gloved hand, which comes up first. Yes. Like a Michael Jackson hand. And, yes. And it takes photos, we find out later. Yeah. It's like a it's cell really phone. really awesome. glove. Yeah. But he just so happens to break out of the egg right next to Mindy, who's on a date that's going south very quickly. Yes. And then, well, yeah, the dude ends up driving away in her car two times. This this pilot, like, got my hopes up and then, like, just dropped them through the floor. And this was the first time when he had that line about how he's happy he doesn't have to play the virile stud macho role with her. And I was like, oh, interesting. Like, that's an interesting thing to say. Right. But he's like, it's a line. Then he, like, tacks her sexually. Literally. Yeah. And she says, three dates and you think you have the right to attack me like a Thanksgiving turkey. Which, I, like, visually just definitely makes you think, like, holy crap. Awful! Yeah, super gross. <laughs> Gizzards everywhere. Good line. So, what do you call that? He's projecting ally... Allyship? Yes! Well, I just... I don't know. I was so... Just for a show that was on in 1978... For that to be the line, I was super impressed. I was like, oh, they're discussing, like, gender roles and, like, machismo. And then it's like, it's like, it's the middle of, you know, the beginning of the female revolution, right? right. So now men are using these as pickup lines. It's like trying to be, it's like you said, like a ally, but it's like, it's all a lie. But that's, and, I mean, that's perfect because yeah. people do that now and then Fonz later makes a joke of like he says when he's talking to Mork about how to kiss he says he specifically mentions like find someone that's willing right I was like yes they're talking about consent that's amazing mm-hmm. and then the very next line is like a joke about like or someone you can just like you know wear down until they are until they do it anyway <laughs> I was like oh, I no. bring me one of those <laughs> Doesn't he say that? I think he meant, I hope he meant the willing part. But yes, he does say something like that. Look, look, all right, a kiss. Very affectionate, you understand? You got a boy and you got a girl. And they put their lips together, you see? And then they kind of slide them around. (laughs) And it feels great. Sliding lips sounds unappealing. Don't knock it till you tried it. All right, now look. You gotta meet a girl, get to know her, find out if she's willing or not. Do you know a girl who's willing? I know some girls that are willing and able, and I know some that are not willing, and you're able to convince them, yeah? Can you introduce me to one of the convincing ones? Uh, yeah, so he drives off in her car, which is bold. Yes. And uh, he, Mork jumps out of the woods. He's accidentally put his suit on backwards, which makes him look like he's a priest. Yes. So she feels completely safe, which is, which is weird. Which is crazy, even in the 70s. Yeah. I Should be. They don't attack young women, mostly. Mostly. <laughs> Not funny. Um, yeah. <laughs> kind of funny. So they walk home, and she just, like, spills her guts about all her problems. Yeah. And he doesn't get a word ed- edgewise because he's taking notes on her behavior. Yes. Yeah.
And, get, and the, the great credit sequence. Oh, yeah, we skipped over that. The it was great, pretty great. Oh, great. It's very long. Very long, but worth it. Like a minute and 15 seconds or Although, something. The one in the finale wasn't the same. It had more stuff cut into it. Was it, it longer? Obvious. I don't know if it was longer or if some stuff was gone, but... It was tighter, and it really makes it clear that he's, like, saluting his alien masters, getting into that egg. Yeah. Out. Like, it, it lays out everything It had scenes from other episodes in it, yes. for sure. It was. Uh, I, did, I, I didn't mind it. I didn't think it was one of the best. Um, I don't even remember the theme song. The song was not great. It was instrumental, right? Yes. I feel like it was. It I was. I don't like instrumental. The music themes changed as, much. as well because of the music showdown that her father and right. her grandmother were yeah. having. Beethoven yes. versus uh, Cooper. Alice Cooper. That was oh, funny. No, no that was in the were, episode. They were playing dueling banjos. Yeah. Right. But he loves Beethoven. She loves Alice Cooper. Yeah. She sells synthesized and she's keyboards. His, she's his mother-in-law, so that's why it's hilarious. Because the old lady's into Alice Cooper. I did really like that whole setup. Yes. Like, I love that the whole family works in this music shop together. That's yeah, not it would have been good see to often. see more of that, I think. We didn't see any more of it, really, except yeah. for the intro. Yeah. But yeah, I think that definitely could work. And like the fact that he um, has to work with his mother-in-law. Apparently he's widowed, I found out in my research. So, mm. Her mom is gone. I see. He remarries in the second season. Oh, why? <laughs> why? You gotta give him some kind of storyline. He was so perfect. Is he a main character throughout the yes. series? Good they question. both are. Yeah. Good. I'm glad to hear that because she has the best moment in the opening credits. The grandmother. <laughs> Because it's like Cora. instrumental, 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 and then it cuts to her finger in an electric guitar, and suddenly the music changes to like a sweet riff, like a Cooper-style riff. So, yeah. yeah. That was great. That's Elizabeth Kerr. <laughs> Mork tries to tell Mindy that he's an alien, and she doesn't believe him, but then he drinks through his fingers. Yeah. And his luggage shows up in a floating egg, which he has to tip to get go away. And she thinks it's help. Yeah. (laughs) Which is coming for no reason, because no one knows she needs help. It was really funny, actually. She was cute. I liked her a lot. Yeah, I did, too. I did, too. Uh, Yeah. And, and, like, I could see how hard, especially in the finale, she was trying to keep a straight face just when he was just going off. Right. And that's got to be so friggin' hard, because you do not want to screw up those takes, right? A lot of the times, he's just improvising, and it's like... If you start laughing in the middle of it, it's oh, all gone. There's so many moments where I was like, that must just be him. Yeah. When he says For sure. heavy sigh instead of doing ah, it, I was like, That was so good. <laughs> yeah. As they went on, um, I guess apparently he was just rewriting them just <laughs> constantly. And then they eventually just started leaving blank spaces in the scripts <laughs> for him to do what he wanted. That's so, oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, anyways, she eventually believes him, and like we said, she agrees to teach him things, help him fit in a little more, because he's not blending. Um, if he agrees to tell her that, uh, you know, what Orc is like, but the only caveat, because he's like, I can stay here, right? Mm -hmm. She's like, yes, you can stay here, but my dad can never find out, because he wouldn't deal with that very well. Right. Which, apparently, he doesn't understand, because he immediately blows that. Yeah, I thought I thought it it was clear in that first scene between them that Mork was living there, like when she's talking to her father. Like, right? But he tells she says no. He's a practical joker. Right. That's how this scene ends. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because he's gone at that point. Yeah. Yes. It's a very it's a very small stakes argument, though. Well, he notices Fred is uh, Mindy's father, mm-hmm. and he works at this music store. Yeah. He notices that she's consuming a lot more coffee than she normally does, and she says she's had four cups. Mm-hmm. And she tells him that uh, it's because she was up all night talking to a fascinating man, mm-hmm. and he uh, gets really upset about that. Up all night? Uh, with a man? With a man? She's 21 years old. Yes. So, you know, she's an adult. She can do what she wants. Yep. And this is when we get to meet Eugene, which we didn't, who also another regular. We barely got to see him. A regular. Yeah. Him yeah. and Mark are best friends, apparently. Oh, awesome. 
Yeah. So, yeah, he brings Mork into the store, who apparently was just wandering around aimlessly looking for Mindy. So strange. That's not how Mork Seeing sees Seeing a, a grown man he's... walk in hand in hand with a young boy. Yeah. I was like, oh, well, this was a more innocent time back then. I rewound it three times to hear what he called him, because I thought it was something racist. He said Munchkin. Yes. <laughs> what did you think he said? Um, I would love to hear something. Us. All I thought, all I thought, it was something skin. Like I couldn't, oh, couldn't hear it. Okay. I thought it was going to be like non-white skin or like something like that. Like, right, I like it, a nun skin, not or like something a weird. slur or anything. Just like literally describing him by his color. That's what I thought he was Interesting. doing. Interesting, like an alien, an alien observation. Yeah, just being like, or yeah, anyway, or like in contrast to the people that he's met so far. Like I thought he was just like. Anyway, but then on the third time I got it, Munchkin. I was like, whoo! Good. Good. Not nice to Munchkins, but... That's okay. Whatever. They're not real. Yeah, so Eugene has to go to his violin lesson, uh, which I found out is given by Cora. You don't see that, but he comes regularly for these lessons. and uh, Which is surprising, because she's the one who loves the modern stuff. Yeah. And Fred loves the old instruments and the orchestration and everything. That's true. Hmm. So... Doesn't matter. He Doesn't wants matter. to see... There's a big problem in the finale, and remind me, because I'll tell you about okay. it. And I was like, what? Something happened in the donut that makes this ridiculous. Um, yeah, so he's like, oh, I want to see you again, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, yeah, I'll be at Mindy's. I, I, we were living together. Yeah. Tells him. And then he walks out the door. Right in front of Fred. And then she's like, ah, yes. Cut to Fred's Cut face, to looking all concerned and confused, like, what? What? Yeah. He's so, he's like a lost puppy. Yeah. So she goes home and she yells at him and she's like, you know what? You can't do that. Uh, you need to work on your voice. You sound insane. So they go through some impressions of different accents and things that he could do. Which is pretty great. He's clearly picked up a lot in his limited time on Earth. Yeah. And then he's like, hey, do you know the Fonz? Yeah, the Fonz. I was here to visit my friend, the Fonz. And that's when we flash back in time. <laughs> to a rather long segment. Yeah. It was huge. We went to it commercial break and came back in the same segment. So unnecessary. <laughs> and I think it was literally just because, like, they both those shows must have been so popular that they're like everyone will watch this if we shove them in the middle of it right and then Robin Williams is enough to like get them totally you know 
It probably worked. It just doesn't work now because you guys don't know who the Fonz oh. or Laverne and Shirley are. I mean, you know we who they know are, the but Fonz. You, don't, you didn't watch Happy Days. I've never seen Laverne and Shirley. Hopefully we'll pick it soon. Yes. Yeah, I actually want to see it after seeing Laverne and this. Yeah. I know I've seen her on Happy Days because, that's again, Laverne and Shirley is a spinoff, right? So I know her character. And, of course, Penny Marshall is God. Penny Marshall is God. Okay. <laughs> like She's... Shirley, I assume. She's just an amazing woman and director and human. Anyway, let's move on. So yeah, that whole thing kept... Basically, the whole scene is Mork shows up, he scares the crab out of Fonz, who's already in a bad mood because a girl called for Richie and didn't know who he was, hadn't heard of him. That I did love that Fonzie, sequence that really of him sets getting Fonz upset off. And <laughs> talking to himself. Like, you yeah. can watch it for 20 minutes. Like, he's so good. He's really charming. Oh, if anyone God. else was playing the Fonz, he'd seem like a sleaze. Yeah. Yes. But you love the Fonz. Yes. He's got so much heart. It's amazing. He's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so Mark shows up and he's like, what the heck? Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, yeah, you don't remember me. I erased your memory from last time. I was here. Um, But he just goes with it. And uh, he tells him, well, Fonz doesn't want to help him find someone to make out with. But then he, like, flatters him. He's like, you're universally known to be, like, the expert at this. (laughs) Oh, okay. And that, like, completely flips him. And he does what he's told, which is find a girl. And he figures Laverne is the perfect girl. Calls her. this is also the conversation where he says, like, don't men date women on your planet? And he's like, hard to tell. Was like that the genitalia is interchangeable. All the parts are interchangeable. All the parts. Yeah. I like that. Okay. He definitely did not say the word genitalia. Ah! <laughs> I thought I thought he did. I thought I he said genitals are interchangeable. It, I wrote it down, but then I was like, wait, did I did I just make maybe it? I'm wrong? No. Then. Even as I wrote it down, after I wrote the sentence, like, is that the word he said? Like, but I didn't bother to go back. I'm like, yes, I'm I sure it is. Don't think you said but genitalia. Not. See, light space ahead. Totally gender fluid planet. Yeah. There's the progressive side it's of the show. Very true. And then he says, "Isn't there anything you do for pleasure?" Which is basically, yeah, like wrists and earlobes are their sex parts. Right. But yeah. then Mork gives us this little spiel about uh, he like apparently his species is overtaken with lust sometimes. Yeah. And he touched someone's earlobes <laughs> once <laughs> and he when he still was like, ashamed. He, he's like crying. He feels so badly about yeah. it. Which is a, a disturbing parallel to draw, I guess. That that moment got... I was like, what's happening here? <laughs> what are they trying to say Mork is? It was very strange. And then there was a moment, I don't know if it was in the last episode or in this episode, where someone grabbed his wrist and nothing happened. And I was like, did they just let that go after the pilot? That's like, a really good point. I didn't notice that. What's going on? I, hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Well, he did say that that... It sounded like uh, the way Vulcans mate. Yes. Where it only comes on them like every eight yeah. years or whatever, but then it's like takes over them completely. Like you can't, yeah, you're not yourself anymore. And if you don't do it, you die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Worf. Amazing. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, so, go oh, ahead. I was nothing. He 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 breaks down. The Fonz pulls him together. Uh, makes think, him put on Richie's clothes. Oh, that he looks so bad. Yeah, God. but I mean, he was wearing insane clothes before. So that beautiful, except for when he wears oh, well, that vest. Yeah, uh, the best. Yeah, the that rainbow nice stuff it looks good. Yes, that I liked. But no, when he came from space and he was wearing that red and silver. Oh yeah, yeah, that jumpsuit. Yes, yeah. the jumpsuit. You liked that a lot. Wait, well, yeah, it was yeah, crazy. Of course you did. But no, I, the vest was also great. You would wear a jumpsuit. Not like that. Right. Maybe one day. The Fonz uh, invites Laverne over and then immediately kicks her out and makes her wait outside while he gives Mork the talk. I thought that was really mean. Oh, yeah, and his advice was, uh, because you don't know what to do, just let Laverne guide you. Yeah, which backfires because he just starts doing everything that she's doing. Yes. And she thinks he's making fun of her, and then she threatens to punch him. So what is Laverne and the Fonz's relationship? Do they date? Yes. They but, go on a double date, I think, with Richie but and Shirley. In kind of an open relationship, Again, I, guess. I haven't seen this since I was, like, nine. Oh, they know. I don't think... Like, Fonz doesn't have a girlfriend. Right. Never. Never, never, never. He but just, Laverne like, and him have a thing. Girls. He goes with Laverne, but she's 
I don't think so. I think she's only in like a handful of episodes, and then they went off and did their own show. They seem like they're really like they're like, besties. They're like yeah. always wrapped around each other. He's like nuzzling, nuzzling well, maybe up to they her. Were doing it for real. I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. Sure, we I felt like it. he was setting Mork up with his girlfriend. Yeah. That's what this scene felt. I like haven't to me. seen. I didn't feel like it well, was just because they do kiss like at least girlfriend. four times on the lips. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very exactly. uncomfortable. But he's manipulating her because she's so horn dog for him. That's the relationship, I think. Oh, that's interesting. Which is not good. No. But I've never seen Laverne and Shirley, and I haven't watched Happy Days since I was like eight years old. So. I kind of got the sense they were both that same kind of scummy. Because yeah, she says a lot true. of things, Maybe too. They she's just like, like sex. you know, I don't like foreigners. Like, she's got some weird <laughs> stuff going on herself. And I was like, oh, okay, didn't see that coming. Yeah, she's into him at first until he starts acting super weird. And then she accidentally touches his wrist, which makes him act weirder. Yeah. yeah. And then he tries to grab her earlobes, and she runs uh, to Fonzie for help, and that's it. And then we flash back, and everyone's laughing about how hilarious that story was. Yes. Which it wasn't. It wasn't. No, it was just, it was mostly weird. It got more and more uncomfortable as it went along. I agree. But he found his voice. Shakespearean. We find out Mindy likes pervy library books. Jefferson's. She does. So she likes the Jeffersons too? No, he says, like, doesn't he say it was Shakespeare, me thinks, or it was the Jeffersons? Oh, God, I missed that. That's (laughs) great. Something like that, yeah. Now yeah. that's that is the show I hope we get next because if we could tie that all together, yeah, stay in the seventies forever. If we saw all of these interlocking shows, oh, beautiful. that would be great. Agreed. Yeah. So she tells him once again, the only rule is you cannot tell my father that you live here, and of course he's already locked in and he's standing right behind them. And here's this entire conversation again. Like if I was a twenty-one year old, I would not want either of my parents just walking in. Like knock, please. Mm, yes, please. But he tells her that he came to prove that she wasn't lying to him and he she's not his little girl anymore yeah and then he storms out and drinks a bottle of champagne that he was saving for her wedding yeah since Uh, yeah, so Deputy Tilwick stops by. He just saw the lights on and thought, you know, you should be closed by now. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, nope, that's not the Mindy I know. I'll go and scare the shit out of him and he'll, he'll go away. Mm-hmm. Two very strange reactions. <laughs> I get I get a... Like, I mean, we still see the, the concerned father character today, though they have to dial it way further back than this. Yeah. Like, he well, overreacts off the top. Talking, I mean, he goes full Archie Bunker. Like, totally. The old days, women in their place, like, Ba-do-ba-do. how dare she? She's the loose woman. It's like, yes. I don't know how I to was, I'm thinking about, I just <laughs> watched 22 Jump Street. Oh, amazing. And this has the exact same thing. 
Be, you know, when, um, when Ice Cube, okay, <laughs> Jonah Always. Hill goes to college, yep. he starts dating a girl there, later revealed to be Ice Cube, his police captain's daughter. Daughter, yeah, and I they, was going to say it's They wind daughter. up at a brunch together where yes. it's like revealed Ice Cube flips out and like destroys a buffet over it. Yes. I love Ice Cube. That, that plays better than this. <laughs> that plays okay. Well, that's Ice Cube's reputation. Oh. <laughs> he likes to destroy things. He does. And that's he really true. hates Jonah Hill in those movies. Yeah. I think that's what the difference is. He's angry at Jonah Hill. Yeah. Not, not at, at his at own all daughter. White boys. And it would, would this scene would have played a lot better if the dad was just angry at Mork mm-hmm. and not at Mindy. Because the reasons he gives for Mindy are crazy. Like you say, with the loose morals thing and like yeah. not trusting his own daughter. Yeah. And you're not my little girl anymore. Oh god. Ugh. Yeah. Also, like nothing's happened. It's not like they he walked in on them naked or anything. No. No. Hanging out, and he's making a lot of assumptions, and then he goes and gets drunk, which is yeah. super sad to watch. Yeah, yes. so Tillwick goes over there, and Mindy's not there, and he tries to, uh... But Mork has tried to make the eggs fly away. Yes. He, he just tries throws to it in the air, and it crashes the eggs in the fridge, because he thinks some they're being enslaved. Yeah. But yes, and no. Unfortunately, he doesn't know they haven't been fertilized, so it doesn't matter what he does with them, nothing's gonna come out. And he thinks they're <laughs> frozen due to the refrigerator so he puts them underneath the pillow and then on top of pillow and then underneath the couch cushion he's trying to warm them up right. yes he's mm-hmm. putting eggs everywhere which is gonna play out <laughs> hilariously over this and scene so obviously yeah definitely had to know someone was gonna sit on an egg yeah and the sheriff does yes and let's we'll save you the tension the sheriff sits on he the sits eggs. right on it yeah. yeah oh my pants he's mad that uh mork is sponging off of mindy that he doesn't have a job mork doesn't know what a job is this what is the sheriff? The sheriff's just a family friend. Yeah, it seems like like they've grown up. Is this a small town? Must be. We don't. We I never mean, got a sense of Colorado. That's so not us. That's a city. Yeah, but even it's in the seventies, it's a very small town. I would think. You mean it has like the feel of a small town? Yes. Even though the population is, it's pretty big. Tens of thousands. But it's not at like time, hundreds of thousands. Looking in, living in Chicago, any kind of like you grew up in Calgary, right? Yeah. Which is again a big city, but it feels very small town. Especially That's when true. you go through that kind of, those kind of winters, I oh, feel yeah, like yeah. it like bonds. It's much more of a neighbor in. city than like when you live in a big city where you don't have to talk to anybody. That's true. It's not like know. New York or something. I think of it as more of a. I mean, it's a TV town, right? So of course it's a small town, right? No, no, you're... Everybody you're right. on the show knows each other, otherwise they wouldn't be on the show. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, Are you a member of Space Patrol? <laughs> <laughs> that was fantastic. Uh, Tillwick goes back to the store and tells uh, Mindy and her father that Mork has been uh, taken into custody. Yes. Her dad feels badly... I yeah. would say. He I think feels... he definitely didn't think that was going to happen. No, he definitely feels bad because yeah. he comes as a character witness. Although but also, he... Mindy is really angry. So yes. that's probably the majority of the reason why he feels bad. And when he comes in as a character witness, his first line as they rush into the courtroom is, I'm here as, you know, I'm here as a character witness, although personally I never liked him. Yeah. You know, so he's known him for like six hours. It's yes. really crazy. Yeah, so that they show up at the, the meeting. Mindy gives this rousing speech about individuality and American rights, and then she's told to sit down, and she does. Wow, that right? Right? <laughs> that was the moment that really got you, I bet. Was... I thought that as we watched it. I'm like, hmm, Hannah's not going to like that. And she apologizes <laughs> for opening Ooh. her mouth. But, I mean... Did she interrupt? Yeah, but she's so in the wrong. Like, you can't rush into a legal proceeding and say whatever you want. That poor stenographer. Yeah. Pamela. Let's get to Pamela. Now, this this was actually one of my favorite moments. I thought this whole section was great. Yeah, so the psychiatrist basically tells them that Mork is incompetent to function in society. He's unable to learn. He's childlike, and he exhibits antisocial behavior. And as far as he's concerned... He should go to the mental hospital for good. So Mork asked to speak in his own defense. Yeah, because his lawyer sucks. Oh, his lawyer's garbage. He doesn't even say anything. No. Court court appointed, does not care. So Mork gets up and basically turns the tables on every argument that the the psychiatrist makes. We just proved that he just doesn't like him because he ruined his board by putting a square peg in a round hole. Which is such a funny idea. Yeah. (laughs) He can't get it out. We've gone this entire time without mentioning that every time he sits down, he does it on his head. 
Oh, that's oh, right. God. The Which bomb is in the air. Is how Robin Williams got this part. They asked him to take a seat, and he sat on his head <sighs> in the audition. I hate to think about how many contrary weirdos this show inspired. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like people who are. Oh, like, that's good. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> it's good to sit on my head. It's cool. <laughs> oh, we're just trying to get a board meeting done here, Gary. I'm so glad I didn't find you sitting on your head. When you came in. <laughs> yeah, no. I'd throw up if I tried to do that. So he talks his way up around the psychiatrist's arguments, leading to the psychiatrist's use of the word association game. And then probably just starts giving him a word association game. And he does it, which makes no sense. It's like, like a word association isn't like addictive. It's not like you can't not do it just because someone's like, cat. I did think the actors in the scene, though, did a great job of making it so It was so fast. It was really like, funny. The guy was, like, frazzled and getting panicked and worked up over... So yeah. I, I bought that he went into it. Well, he is already on the defensive and yes. basically proved wrong because Mork has a lot of good points about why he thinks Mork is crazy. It's like, well, you just don't like me. There's That's not the same thing. <laughs> it's yeah. nowhere near what yeah. crazy is. Yeah. So then, yeah, he says sex, and then the guy says Pamela, apparently unbeknownst to all of us Pamela is the court reporter she screams you said you would never tell anyone and never she tell you swore never tell no it's all ruined she, she runs, runs out. out when we find out the prosecutor is also apparently dating Pamela. So both the so they both chase her out so the only one left at the table is the judge and his lawyer who's an idiot uh, and so the judge has to dismiss the case because yes. there is no case. It was beautiful. Yeah. I thought that was so It good. was a pretty funny scene. Yeah, it was. So and they then Mark calls, calls Orson. Mark calling Orson. Come in, Orson. I, and he says it twice. I and liked then, this version of Orson better than at the beginning. The beginning Orson was like just an info dump. Mm-hmm. And a bunch of jokes about how fat Orson is. <laughs> yeah. Right? I know what you call me behind my back. Does this come in laser breath? Is that what he says? Laser <laughs> breath, <laughs> battleship. The last uh, one and this one. A bunch of fat ones. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so this whole download is about how weird it is that people are proud of their individuality because everyone on Orc is the same and that's how everyone gets along and... This girl came to my defense, and she defied the system to protect me. Why would she do such a thing, he says. He says she's starting to feel good, and then... Something to do with emotions. Orson's like, uh, no, don't feel good. You're supposed to just be watching what's going on. (laughs) You're not supposed to get involved. Na-do-na-do. Na-do-na-do! Perfect setup. Perfect setup for the entire season. Yes, exactly. Don't feel lot. feelings, but I am feeling feelings. But they're feelings. Oh, yeah. these humans. Oh my mm, god. These humans. I was telling Saskia before he got here, so I have two two full pages of notes on the pilot. And uh, this, I have one quarter page of notes on the finale. The finale was so simple. Oh my god, I also only have three paragraphs. Mork's best friend aired in 1979. Mork gets a pet caterpillar, oh. which he names Bob. That's all it says, Bob. That's, that's great. That's great. That is the that is the best episode summary. We've when ever I seen. saw it was called it was episode twenty four, by the way, um, written by Simon Munter. Uh, when I saw it was called Mork's Best Friend, I got super excited that he was going to get a dog and that uh, we were going to get a lot of like him communicating with the dog, and it didn't turn uh, out that way. That would have been good. Vicky was there, and that was that was. Yeah. It was pretty good. We still got a job, on, a dog on the episode, yeah. so it's okay. He didn't die, thank God. Yes. Oh, that, very, I was very, very worried the dog was going to die. I actually thought it did for a minute. I watched something horrific where someone threw a rabbit at the wall, and I thought of Saskia. It. I was like, Saskia can never watch this. I'm going to say this. <laughs> Anytime when people kill animals in their scripts, yeah. unless it's totally necessary. It was just a show that this father was psychotic. That's why? Yeah. I just don't care. I don't care. I immediately turn off. I'm like... I also do. I'm done. I don't want to... Great. You killed a dog? Good for you. I'm going to go watch something else. It was awful. I agree. Especially when it's really violent. Anyway, sorry about that. We're talking about a comedy. Don't kill dogs. Uh, Don't kill anything. Thank you for leaving the dog alive. Yes. Thank you you for giving us Vicky. They didn't leave the caterpillar alive, though. Spoiler alert. Oh! Actually, spoiler alert, they did. Oh, that's right. Double spoiler alert. Double spoiler alert. We, that, okay. And you just you just outlined all the reversals okay. of the episode. Yeah. That's dead, ah. and now so, it's not. Caterpillar follows Mork home, and he wants to keep it. Mm-hmm. I was obsessed with Caterpillars as a kid. We had them all over our um, 
elementary school. They would grow everywhere, and we would collect them, and we'd hide them in our desks. Oh, my God. That's so gross. Hated it. That's yeah. so gross. <laughs> Love them. And I'm not a bug person, but caterpillars, they're so fuzzy and soft. Anyways, yes. They're cute. True. We were obsessed with them when we were kids. So it's a she, he decides, and mm-hmm. he's going to call her Bob. He doesn't really say why. And then we get a knock at a door, and uh, it's Exidor. What did you guys think of Exidor? Any thoughts, feelings, or uh I liked Exidor. I was extremely confused when he first arrived. I'm like, is this... Did they replace the dad actor or something? Like, who is this? See, I thought he I replaced like, Orson. I was yes. like, is this man from space? Yeah. Right? I was fairly certain, but now I'm not anymore. However, yes, he's the reincarnation of Julius Caesar. Yes. He says he is there to preach the ultimate religion. And uh, Mark says, oh, what is it this time? So that right. that's what made me think that he was from Orc. Yeah. Not that's... from Earth. Do we... I don't think they specified it in the episode. No, is you he have human no idea. Or... I'm not telling you because I would okay. have a question. I'm thinking. <laughs> All right, I'm thinking think? he's just insane. Is he from Orc? Is, or is he a crazy person from Earth? Exactly. <sighs> a crazy person or a brilliant person? Yes. Orc! Exodus! In this life, yes! <laughs> Do you mind? We're having a private conversation. I told you guys to wait in the moped. Get out! Entourages can be the pets. Exodor, come in, sit down. I'd like to meet my insect. Plenty of time for that later. What? I have come here to preach the only true religion. What's the only true religion this time? Reincarnation. We have all lived before, and we shall all be born again. Wow, the ultimate deja vu. He right. believes uh, the caterpillar is the reincarnation of Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. And he hints... You can see it in the face, but it's not the face. It's oh. the butt. Yeah. <laughs> Two <laughs> butt jokes in a row. Yeah. Mindy is Cleopatra. She is. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he says he has to go, but he'll come back. How quickly so they forget. Off he goes. Walks out. Yeah. Uh, Bob needs food, so Mindy suggests that uh, Mark go talk to Mr. Bickley and see if he can help him. Mm-hmm. So he does. Mr. Bickley, Tom Poston. Yes, who's an incredible actor. I just love seeing his face at all times. He had the best moment in this episode when he He gets a eulogy. Yeah. Holy cow. He was funny too in this scene when he was very unimpressed with the bug (laughs) and that he said that Mark should get a dog and then he showed him his dog, Bicky. So cute. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was an adorable dog. And he did tricks, which were really terrible. Those tricks. No, those are perfect tricks. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, he tells Mark to leave, so he does. And he said that uh, that Bob would make a great bookmark and slams a book in his face. Oh, that was horrible. It's like, how would it make a great bookmark? That it would smash it all, exactly. all over the page. That doesn't even make sense. Dude. It would be just crushed, and then you would be on that page forever. That's so gross. That's what I thought, too. Also unnecessarily hostile. Yes, uh-huh. absolutely. Uh, Mark... Finds Bob dead. He tries to do CPR, but it's too late. Yeah. And then uh, he calls for Exeter because Exeter is into reincarnation now, so maybe he can bring Bob back. Now, this is the part of this episode that doesn't make sense because in the donut, and I don't have a question about this, there's an episode where Mork brings a human person back to life after he dies. (gasps) What? Yeah. So, like, why is that not even mentioned? Maybe he's told he can't do it any again but then if that's the case then he shouldn't be trying to do it with that someone else well maybe he he that could be an option maybe it's like only with humans yeah i don't know because i didn't watch the episode but the landlord of the music shop dies and they all really hated him but he overhears them expressing regret to like one of his family members right Mm. thinks that they you know Really liked loved him. Loved him, and then he brings him back to life. So, I don't know how, how it resolves, but... That's interesting. Like, wow. if he can bring a human back to life, can he bring a caterpillar back to life? Anyway. Well, it wasn't dead. Yeah, that's true. But not according to Exeter, who reincarnates him as a cow in, in India, India. Where in he'll India. be safe. Yes. So, but, um, that works. Mork doesn't believe it, and he, he asks Mindy, like, is Bob really gone? And she says yes. Yeah. He's She's just very gone. patient in this entire episode with his insanity. Yes. He doesn't... Well, did, wait. Does, does his species die ever? Uh, Is that told to us? There are things I learned. I'm trying to... I don't know if I have a question that's... They age in reverse. Oh, that's right. Which is why Jonathan Winters comes on in the later seasons. They have... As their son. Yeah. Or a kid or whatever. Yeah. 
It's their kid, yeah. Right. Um, and he has, but he has an aging machine, so he can change what age he is with the machine. Oh. What happens when they go past the point of birth? That's, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It, I guess what I'm saying is, why doesn't he understand death? <laughs> right? Like... Well, I think he understands it. Well, maybe no, they don't he die. Because he's like, he doesn't understand that he's gone forever at first, and then he figures it out, and he's surprised when Mindy tells him. And then at the end of the episode, like, he's explaining and dealing with these feelings right, and loss. Right, but it's grief, grief he doesn't understand. But that's because he's not able to feel things, right? So maybe, I, that's what I thought. But maybe you're right. Maybe no. he, they don't die either. Or you, maybe they are reborn. I guess the I reason know. I'm wondering is because... Yeah. If he couldn't feel grief, it would make sense if he saw someone else going through grief and then started feeling it. Right. Like, if Mindy's pet had died, and he, like, didn't get it at first, but then he realized he shared moments with that pet and had a bond with it, and then he would feel grief, like, be inspired by that. But he comes to grief on his own. Yes. And he really Really loses it over this caterpillar. So, yeah, you're right. That's a good point. I, I still buy it. There's no point in the episode where I wasn't like, yeah, I get it. He doesn't yeah. get grief. Well, cool. what we haven't seen in the donut is like what he's learned about emotions in the last 22 episodes, right? Yeah. So maybe Jeez. he's in a different place now than where we started with him. This is the same problem we had with Third Rock from the Sun, where like the rules of the aliens' world and what they do or do not know or believe change depending on what story they yeah, want to tell. what joke they want to do. Exactly. Yeah. Totally. That's aliens for you. Yes. So they give them a magic incantation to say, oh, what a jerk I am. Yeah. I really like that. I really like that. Uh, He goes to the funeral home to set up a burial for uh, the Caterpillar Bob and finds out just how much it's going to cost. $3,000 almost. Just going to keep him in his room. From an extremely judgmental undertaker. No, he's not judgmental. He doesn't judge his client's lifestyle. But he judges in his responses. I'm kidding. Oh my god. Oh, he never also, said it was a caterpillar. That he's not. Yeah, he didn't know. It was a, he thought it was a man. Named yeah, Bob. I know. But then, okay. So he's like, okay. So Bob was and this your if partner. If someone says I'm going to keep him in my room, yes. you judge that. You judge that. But the point where he judges is. Um, Robert, he's like, okay, what was Bob's last name? And he was like, oh, we didn't have any they need for last names. They only know three days. But then the, the Undertaker goes, I bet you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Little weird judgment on his lascivious lifestyle. Yeah. It, I'm, I'm against the Undertaker from the beginning because he's on the phone with his buddy when he knocks at the door. And he's like, oh, we got another rube here. Yeah. <laughs> no, he said a vertical something. Another vertical. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> so God. It's like, like a quirk. standing oh, up. So- Okay, that makes me feel a little bit better. Yeah, I thought he was something just like, another vertical something. Uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. He was weird. He was weird, but this was a great sequence yeah. of all this misunderstandings. I thought it was fun. It was pretty funny. Yeah. So then Mr. Bickley shows up for what he thinks is a cocktail party, but mm-hmm. is actually a funeral, and we find out that him and yeah, there's only the three of them. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Mork. Yeah, and he was specifically against the caterpillar to invite him is also very weird. Yeah. yeah. Mindy bribes him with booze to stay. Smart. And that works. I've got a bottle of your favorite snack. Yeah. Good line. Sad. <laughs> Sad, man. And uh, we find out Mark's been carrying the caterpillar on his person for weeks. Creepy. <laughs> yeah. So creepy. Like, I thought when they opened it, it was just going to be, like, disintegrated into dust. Right? right? Like a... Like, a dead caterpillar can't last that long. No, no it would curl up on itself like a nut. we'll have to do a science experiment about that. No. <laughs> yeah. Don't. Uh, so they give multiple eulogies, all, you know, very Hank, sweet. Hank mm-hmm. loses the best. He cries. He cries. Twice, and, then and then runs he out. off to be with Bicky. Yes. Because, because he loves his dog so much. Papa's coming.
<laughs> it also rhymes. What he says rhymes. Yeah. And he his speech is full of puns. Yeah. Like, it's, it's very it's sad great. and funny. Yeah. They decide to bury Bob in a house plant. Also gross. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. so he can be outside, which is inside. <laughs> and uh, then they find out that there's a butterfly in there. Yes. Which fly, I don't fly, think Bob, would have Be free. Wouldn't well, it have come maybe, out by now? How long does a butterfly gestate? I don't know. Three weeks? Three weeks in there? Probably a while. Where would the cocoon... Wouldn't the cocoon I still be in there? I used to have a book when I was his a child. cocoon would be in remember. his pocket, and then he buries it in the plant, which may or may not... Well, no, it was in the box, though. Oh, it was in the right. box the whole time. The whole time. That's why he doesn't know it's turning into a caterpillar. Right. I mean, butterfly. So when they open the box, it flies out. Yes. Okay. Well, no, it doesn't even fly out. It's just in there. And they're like... In there, and then they set what? it free. Oh, set butterfly. Free. Then they decide to chase it. And they block it. They block it. They turn outside. Yeah. Blocking the release. Yeah. There it goes. But, okay. like, wouldn't a cocoon also be in the box? Good staging. Yeah, you would think. And it wasn't. It wasn't at all. No. Anywho, then he calls Orson and reports about funeral homes. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I like it. I learned about humans He and says, yo, Battlestar Gigatica. Yeah, he made Battlestar Galactica <laughs> jokes. They were up against Battlestar. Uh, not this season, but in later seasons. Also up against Dynasty. Yeah, wow. I did my research. Wow. Speaking of which, are you guys ready for your quiz? I am I'm ready. ready for this. All right. Let's hit it. Quiz question number one. When do we first meet Exodor? Ooh. All right. A. In episode three, when Mork runs away and finds Exodor in a flop house, claiming to be the leader of a cult of which he seems to be the only member. B. In episode 8, Mork is arrested for freeing an escaped convict who's captured at the music store, and Exodor is his cellmate. Hmm. C. In episode 16, Mork and Mindy rent a cabin in the woods from Exodor and quickly realize that was a mistake. (laughs) D. In the final, when he knocks on the door. (laughs) That's... no. So yeah, he's not an alien. He's a human person. Could we have met him in the finale? I'm going with B. Oh. I think... Oh, my God. Those are some good options. Yes. Okay, I'm, I can't be D. It can't be. He seems to know him. I don't think it's B. I think it's A or C. C seems too romantic for the first season. I'm going to go with A. A C. Here's Ray is right. I was between A and mm, B. Mm, they are mm, all mm, his four episodes. They're all real storylines. I thought so. That's yeah. crazy. And he's only in four episodes in season one. Ah! So that's why I had to put the final. So it's like, I can't make up a fake one now. Are those his four? Those are Exodor's four storylines? Yes, in season one. Wow. Okay, that's cool. Pretty great. But yes, he is. So the other reason I thought he was an alien is because he's talking to people that we can't see. Mm. Those people are not there. <laughs> no, no. Of course. No, no, no. But I thought they were at first. I was like, oh, he's talking to like to an orc people. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. S- that's it threw me off. Okay, question two. Right. How does Mork meet Mr. Bickley? Mm. A. In episode fifteen, Mindy's landlord, Mr. Bickley, gets on her nerves, but Mork is determined to befriend him. B. In episode eighteen, Mork and Mindy attend a seminar entitled Ellsworth Revitalizing Conditioning. Ellsworth. And conditioning is with a K. Ellsworth was played by David Letterman. That Bickley also attends. C. I might go and watch that just to see a young, super young David Letterman, right? Like, yeah. He must have been really young in the 78. C. In episode 21, Mindy goes out of town and Mork meets Mr. Bickley at a singles bar who helps him pick up ladies. The women they bring home rob them blind. D. In episode 21, Bickley steals Mork's aging machine, causing his emotional age fluctuate wildly. Could you give me A and B again real quick? Yes. In episode 15, Mindy's landlord, Mr. Bickley, gets on her nerves, but Mork is determined to befriend him. In episode 18, Mork and Mindy attend a seminar entitled Ellsworth Revitalization Conditioning that Bickley also attends. Okay. I'm going to go with A. Conditioning's with a K. Oh. Mm. E-R-K. Okay. I don't know what that means. Saskia? I'll go with B. Okay. The answer is A. Yeah. Yeah. Episode 15. He's been around a while, Saskia. He feels established in the finale. Yeah. I know. It's also all... Those are... Well, no. There's more episodes that he was in, too. Okay. Question number three. Does Mm -hmm. Mork ever tell anyone else he's an alien? 
A, yes, he gets drunk in the next episode and tells Fred. B, yes, in episode 7, he tells a reporter for a $25,000 reward. (laughs) C, yes, in episode 12, he uses his aging machine to get old to give Cora, a friend, her own age. He confides in her about who he really is. D, all of the above. Saskia, if you'd care. All of the above. Yeah, I agree. That's great. I can't imagine. He tells all of those people in the first season that Fred doesn't believe him. Wow. If I was an alien, I'd tell everybody. You should. No one would believe me. Have you seen the X-Files? He also said that he shouldn't. He should just blend in to learn about it. Exactly. Mm. All right. It's three to one, guys. I think that Saskia is screwed. (laughs) Question number four. When Mindy tells Mork he must fall in love to understand the human experience, who or what does he fall head over heels for? Mm -hmm. A. Mindy. B. An oak tree. C. A mannequin. D. Grandma Cora. E, all of the above. Oh, my God. Mm, that is that is a tough one. I'm glad. Because any of those are possible. I gave this quiz to my roommate this morning, and she got five out of five. Really? She, oh, man. She of course she knows show this. better than of us. Of course she knows yeah. this show. In Beverly. the first season? Yes. Mm. Season one. It's in the donut. Oh, do you want me to go first? Go ahead. I'm going with all of the above. Ah, it must be. Mm, I I suspect. I will also. I suspect it's one thing in particular, but I can't miss out. Mannequin. It's the mannequin. Yeah. Damn it! It's the mannequin. Although that is the episode in which Mark and Mindy share their first kills. I assumed it was either. Let me guess. The very end of the episode. I don't know. It's like a demonstration. Like a mannequin Wikipedia at the very bottom. This is the the episode where they share the first kiss. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Oh, he knows about kissing from Laverne. Oh yeah, that's right. He didn't do it. No, he knows about it. He's aware of it. Move your mouth sideways like this. Remember, he was doing that. Oh yeah, that's right. Then very unsettling. Not work out. Okay, question number five. It's all over anyways. One piss rag. After Mork has his first nightmare, he turns off his emotions. What causes them to flood uncontrollably back on? A. Mindy tells Mork she loves him. B. Mindy kisses Mork. C. Mindy and Mork have sex. D. Mindy asks Mork to touch her earlobes. Jesus. Wow. Wow. I'll go with B. I see. That's so funny. I see two of them as being possible, and it's A or or D. I'm going to go... I'm going to go with A. It's B. Mindy kisses Mork. What? I what? Know. What? Rot. It's the right answer, I've already though. done it. Had I said mannequin, we would have tied. It. It's not their first kiss. I did it incorrectly. Shoot. Oh, well. Here's yes. the yes. donut. You win. The donut. I'm revealing this donut. It is? Some sort of... Mm, I would say a Canadian maple. Mm, it's very maple. I don't know what's on the inside. Well done. A Mork and Maple Donut. Yes! Thank you so much. You're welcome. You well done. All right. Recommend? Yes? Oh, yes. absolutely. Pro? Yes. Do you like this one a little better than all the family Absolutely. It, there's not, nothing that could be worse. That could be worse than all in the family? Well, Listen maybe. to yourself. Uh, testes? Yes. <laughs> testes. This is true. Terrible. Oh, all right, guys. The let's pick our next show. Oh. I almost watched The Waltons while I was getting my nails done the oh. other day. And then I was going to say By choice? Some. There was nothing else on. All right. And then I ended up... I, it doesn't matter. Okay. I believe it's pronounced getting your nails did. Did. Um, <laughs> my toes did. Uh, okay. Pick a number between 1 and 917. And okay. don't look at the last three. Okay. You can see if you look over here. Okay. Even though there's no, I, there's no way you would pick I'm them. not looking. Not you. Her. Saskia, stop She's looking. She's not looking. She's looking at the ceiling. Okay. Okay. I'm going to pick 408. Okay. Wow. All right. I'm going to go with 516. My okay. lucky number. That's not your lucky number. That's my lucky number. <laughs> you should see all my jerseys. 516. Okay. All those sports. How many do you yeah. have? Tell me, please. Oh, seven. And all of them? Oh, that maple smells so good. 516 is Alias. ABC, mm. Jennifer Garner. Okay, not picking bad. Some ass. Not a bad pick. 468. Somebody we know. Oh, 408. Somebody oh. who made Alias. Yes, you're right. I wrote it down badly. Thank you for remembering. Uh, it's J.J. Abrams. That's right. Oh, 408 right. is Phil of the Future. 
I love Phil of the Future. Well, it's, uh, it's like a Disney show. That's what we're watching. Phil, yeah. Phil of the, the Future. You don't want to Phil watch Alias? Phil of the Future. Phil the Future. I mean, we got Phil of the Future. From space. And then watch Phil from the Future. I don't know. I feel like it'll be quirky and something we would Something we wouldn't watch normally. You I got, might watch guys. Alias. Yes. On my own. That's true. I already know what's Phil. good. I remember it from my childhood. Phil of the Future? No, Alias. Okay. <laughs> I was like, cool. That's I don't good. know when Phil of the Future came it's out. Disney. I was in like 2004. 20s, yeah. Who's the lead in that? Some boy with brown hair. All right. I'm going to look <laughs> Plays up Phil. right now. Jesus, this, this ran two years, your average Disney show. Oh, God, I don't know any of these people. No, oh, it'll be excellent. All right, tune in, guys, next time. Thanks for listening. Amy Bruckner. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.